It's episode 263 of Kane's Cast. Shane Willis. I feel it's time that we roll the dice and come up with a Yahtzee. Well, opening night's only one night away, Mike, and you can't kick it off any better than playing a game of Yahtzee. You know we can hear you laughing Was <laughs> yeah. you're laughing at our, our setup, yes. It's coughing. It's fine. No, we're it's good. Amazing. We're good. We're fine. We're off to a rolling start. We're off to a start. rolling start. What's going on? We bring in Hannah Yates here. For episode 263 to kick off the Carolina hurricane season. Hannah, great to see you. Are you you ready to get back at it? I know that you are chopping at the bit. I am ready to go. It has been a long time coming. Past weeks have kind of just dragged on, and now opening night, it's here. Well, one, Shane, we do have opening night. This is the one time in the, the regular season where it's a different feeling. It's once you get into the grind, you, you kind of look for things that you get excited about, but this is the closest feel that you get to a playoff game, right? The opening night, everybody feels good about their team, and you've got high expectations and should certainly have them about this club. Well, I think you have to look back at the last game in the preseason and how well the Hurricanes played in the first period, and head coach Rod Brindamore is going to want to see that same type of speed out of the gates. But for a player, from that standpoint, it's about controlled emotion early in the game because you are so amped up. The crowd is going to be electrifying once again here inside PNC Arena, but you want to settle in, you want to get into the system, but not be kind of over your toes or over your skis, if you will, with too much excitement and too much pump. I also look at it as this is a group that kind of knows what this season's all about. And so, Hannah, now that you've been around this group, and really not too many changes from last year to this year, but the two big changes, Dmitry Orlov comes in, Michael Bunning comes in. If you take a look at, at how this team has been put together, what's the one thing that stands out to you? And you, you kind of have the feeling that nothing's really going to phase this team this year because they're looking – I know we're not even at game one yet, but they're looking – at game one of the playoffs, that's what the goal is, get there and get that mission going. Absolutely. I feel like the conversation has remained the same with the team, with Rod Brinamore, and that the dynamic of this group hasn't changed. It's just been adjusted by adding a couple of pieces that bring kind of that physical presence of what they were looking to add by the end of the postseason. But I just look at the defensive depth, which is – somehow even deeper from what it was last season. I think that's the main thing this team is looking at. It starts with defense, but the depth that the core has from an offensive standpoint as well, it really shapes this team. But that's a similar storyline to last year as well. Well, you get the the sneak peek because you get to talk to the team for everything that we do during the season on Bally. So what was, was there like a, when you're doing those interviews, you kind of pick up, there's like an underlying message or a theme that if you look for it, every guy kind of drops it in, in Maybe a different way, but it's always that same kind of like, well, this is what the goal is, or this is what we believe in. Did you kind of pick up on that? How were the guys in the preseason interviews with you? I felt like it was similar in that they want to win the cup, and they're very honest and straightforward about that. But the one thing that stuck out to me if I had to choose something was Sebastian Ajo. He was actually the first person I sat down with on media day, and we were talking about really just big topics following his extension following everything and he said this is the deepest roster on paper that I feel like I've ever played with in my life in my career in the National Hockey League and I felt that was a really bold statement and just a sign for what's to come when you talk about that roster and we've talked about it in watching practices and watching these preseason games and I think it goes back to inside that locker room where you've been so many times and talking with these guys does it become an issue with this group because we were just talking about not every guy can play every night. And when you talk about depth, why is it so deep? Because you have every guy in that room can be a regular NHL player. So in your mind, when you're talking to these guys, how does, how does that get handled? Is it just because of the great communication from the head coach or how does this group maintain that focus as one solid unit? I feel like from the conversations I've had, at least there's some really selfless players in that locker room. And I feel like that's unique as opposed to some of the other locker rooms that I've been around in terms of everyone wants to be on the ice. Everyone wants minutes. Everyone wants to be on special teams. Everyone wants to do certain things. But there's just an understanding and a respect level. And I think it's the respect that the players have for each other in this room as well. And it's going to be a different dynamic defensively this season. It's not going to be easy, but it is going to enhance competition. We've seen that from a goalie perspective last season, and now it's the same storyline this season as well, and it just adds to that from a defensive standpoint as well, in my opinion. Well, they might want to just put a sign up at the door, which every one of these guys, I think, believes in. This is check your ego at the door. Yeah. Because the teams that win championships, 
figure that out very quick. I think this team has already figured that out in the years past, and the new players will buy into that immediately, and it comes from the head coach and his coaching staff from top to bottom that that doesn't creep into your room. Every player wants to contribute, and it's a matter of if you're not in tonight, be ready because you may be in tomorrow night. And when you do get called upon, you have to do your job and contribute on a nightly basis. Yeah, I feel like I've said this a lot this offseason, but these things always find a way to sort themselves out. Like minutes played, who ends up slotted where, how many games does a certain guy get. And, and look, Shane, you've been in this role. You don't want to be in the press box, especially if the team's winning. You want to play, you want to feel like you're you're helping to contribute there. But I think if we're going to go back to why does this work and how does this work, it starts with Rod Brindamore because he gets – the guys in that room to buy into. Uh, you might not play now. You might not play this week. You might not play this trip. But when we need you, you're going to be a big part of this, and we're going to need you to be. How hard is it? You coach little kids. You know, Hannah, you and I played sports. It's hard to tell people you're not going to play, but you're still a big part of this. Well, I think watching the NFL the past weekend, they were talking to coaches about how the dynamic has changed, how – Players have changed throughout the years, but I think Rod Brindamore understands this the most by saying how much he believes in each person. And when a player feels that, even when a coach is telling you you're not going to go tonight, Rod gives that belief into that player to make sure he maintains his focus that I'm going to come to you because I know and believe in you, and that player is always ready to go. And I think that's what makes Rod different than a lot of coaches is because of that care factor and what he puts into each player from himself, making sure you're going to be a part of this run. 100%. And that is the conversation I had with a few of the players who said, Rob Brindamore pulled me aside, and we had that one-on-one time. And I do feel like it's unique for a head coach of his stance to say, okay, I'm going to have in here, and we're going to be really transparent about what the situation is. And I think that puts players just in a place to where they can have peace of mind of knowing what's going on to where that respect level remains. All right. I that's a, a great point that Hannah just brings up. You've been coached by a lot of people. And a lot of times, you know, there are coaches who just will skirt an issue. You know, Shane, you're in tonight. Shane, you're out tonight. And there's you got to look at the lineup sheet to figure out where you are. With today's athlete, and we keep going back to that, how important is it to do what Hannah just said? That And they're saying it. They If they if they had a problem with this, you know, they're not going to tell us, oh, we had this one-on-one talk. and they get, But they're comfortable saying – Oh, I had this talk. He addressed me as a player. How important is that now that you take that side time and do the one-on-one conversation away from the group and say, this is what's, what's happening. This is how it is. And, and how big of a benefactor will the team be that they buy into it because Rod takes the time to talk to these guys one-on-one? Well, I think it's priceless. And I think every great coach now knows that from a communication factor that that has changed. You cannot just leave a guy on an island, tell him he's not playing, walk away. You have to be able to be in tune with each player emotionally in a way because everyone's has those egos and they have, they're filled with energy to want to go out and play each and every night. But explaining them to the situation that it's not tonight, but you're going to get in at some point, and it makes it that much easier for a player. It doesn't make it completely easy because as a professional athlete, you want to be on the bench. You want to be in the battle. You want to be in the fight with your teammates. And it's not going to happen for guys on a nightly basis this year. But as you and I have talked about it, it's a benefit to this organization long term. But still on the flip side from a player, it is very hard. It is very hard to do to kind of swallow that and be like, all right. And you go back in the gym and you continue to grind and wait for your time to shine um, on this roster because it is so deep. The other thing that you speak of the – roster depth. Canes had to make a couple of moves, send some players down to what is not the most ideal situation this year as far as the minors in the AHL are concerned. But it's going to be okay, everyone. Well, I it's feel, okay. I, I feel the need that I have to do this because I've actually had this question. So Piotr Kochetkov has been loaned to the Tampa Bay Lightning's AHL affiliate, the Syracuse Crunch. He cannot be called up by Tampa. Thank you. Thank you for the Short. We still own yes. him. He, he's he's a member <laughs> of the Canes. To be blunt. Well, that's a little too blunt <laughs> in some circles. Who owns, 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 owns. But in this situation, yes, he's a member of the Hurricanes. Now, it's an odd situation. It's not ideal. But the fact that the Canes have found homes for these players to loan them out to—that to me was my concern because I really thought 
you're going to carry three goalies this year. And it could work with this team. Practice will be weird. Uh, but the fact, and Rod Brindamore addressed it today, Hannah and I were at practice, he's got to play. So that's the best thing. So anybody who is wondering what's going to happen with Piotr Kochetkov playing in Syracuse is, it's the word that I just said, he's going to play. He's playing. That I think to me that's this is such a non-issue that he is playing for, and that's how it was going to be for anybody this year, that he's playing for another team's organization, but at least he's going to play. That's my thing. That's all I take out of it. And when you look at the situation, because I've had people ask me, they're like, well, is he going to play? Why would they play him? He's not theirs. Have you checked out Tampa's depth and net? Because they're scrambling right now to find another guy for their NHL team. So Piotr Kochekov will play in Syracuse to try and help that team get wins each and every night. Yeah. The player's mindset doesn't change. Piotr cannot go to Syracuse and be like, doesn't matter if I win or lose. This isn't even my team. No. He has to play well. He has to continue to develop and win hockey games. So if something ever does happen in Carolina, he's right back, right into form and ready to go for the Hurricanes. And, you know, it's one of those tough things, though. Players, we're talking about players who are going to be on the NHL roster and not playing and how tough that is. How tough do you get the sense is when a guy gets sent down and they feel they should be here? How tough of a sell is that to explain? Have you been to Syracuse? Yes, I have. <laughs> and I've driven through it. Well, it starts I've driven, there. Hang on. I've driven through it quickly. Let me tell you, it starts there. Oh, let me okay. tell you. I've driven the 90 a lot. Do you want to know how many times I've stopped in Syracuse? Have you ridden on a bus for multiple hours? Not to Syracuse. Okay, it's second point right there. It starts there. But it is hard. I mean, every one of these players wants to be in the National Hockey League. Yeah. It is your dream since you're a kid, and it is hard to say, I'm just going to buy my time, right? But I think there is, you know, for a lot of guys as they get older, Piotr is still very young. You know, guys that jump into the National Hockey League and become an everyday player during their first contract, mm, not the easiest thing to do in these days. So I think he has a positive mindset yeah. to go there and do the work. And the other part that this organization does so well, and when you talk about assistant general manager, you talk about Darren York and development, and all of these players, you talk about Paul Schoenfelder, of what he does on a daily basis. Such an important part, and this team does it top-notch. Even a guy like Bill Bernison and Doug Bennett, constant communication with Piotr Kochekov in Syracuse. It has this to be. This is Bill Bernstein coming to you daily. live from the Kansas. Oh, Bill's Locker chiming room. in right yeah, now. Bill's chiming in. So, to me, it almost has to be daily, whether it be a text message, right? A message from a guy like a Bill Bernstein, the energy he brings. Rod Brindamore, right? Piotr getting that constant communication will drive him to continue to develop and be ready to go. One thing, and I'm going to sort of put you on the spot here, Hannah, but you were around a championship team in St. Louis, a team that won the cup. Um, for the first three months of the season, it didn't look that way that year. Yeah, sure did not. <laughs> but then they turned it on. You've been around it. So do you kind of get that vibe? Because, you know, when a team starts to, this is what it's about. This is what we're going to do. Have you picked up on it? And I know not one game has been played yet. But if you look at the pieces, is that kind of, all right, this is the feeling around this team right now. Because you've been around it more recently than, than Shane and I have been. Yeah, it's, it's a hard comparison to make, to be honest with you, because I felt like on paper everything looked good at the start of that season as well, and by halfway through the season they were at last place in the National Hockey League and somehow turned it on with Jordan Bennington go, to go on a run and win the Stanley Cup, which is obviously an unheard of situation prior to that. Um, but I feel like this year just the mentality of the group is so strong in the locker room. But I would say it was that way last year as well because that's what the expectation is in this organization. But having the pieces to where the group feels more confident in certain areas as they take the ice, I think is going to be a huge benefactor here. So if you were playing responsibly and the Hurricanes being the favorite, would you play it? Yeah, I would. Responsibly. 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 And that doesn't... No, Hannah... Hannah's, Hannah's the ultimate responsible person of this trio. She keeps us balanced. Exactly. Well, I try to keep you balanced, and then I, with how I'm built, I just yeah. end up tipping it's over fun. with you. And Hannah, it's a, it's a tall task, a tough order, Part if you will. Part of me feels like you already made that decision in your head a little bit. I have bit. not. No. Okay. It's against the rules. It's okay. against the rules. Against the rules. The rules. Um, no, no, never, never. One of the big parts I think you just mentioned is the start of the year in St. Louis when you're talking about on paper. And things took a 
massive left turn to the point of where that team was in last place. I think the other factor that our fans need to remember, this isn't going to be 82-0. and What? I'm being very blunt today. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Canes go 82-0. No, send it back. Wow. What's and wrong so with you? When, and I'm saying when, the rare occasion this team loses, let's all remain calm. Right? Will Farrell in the locker room. They're in old school. Nobody panic. Nobody freaks out. Too good of a team. But I, th- I think that's what sets this team apart. There is no panic. And... Well, I'm talking to our fans. No, well, I know, but I'm trying I'm to. I'm not re- talking to the guys. I'm trying to reassure. <laughs> I'm trying to reassure. Rod does the not fans. want me talking to the guys. I'm trying to reassure <laughs> the people who are screaming behind you two for every Hurricanes live, and yes. you and I have gone through that a few times. I don't. My think favorite those folks too is know Hannah, what's going on. No, no. My favorite thing, Hannah, is like when everybody goes, "Don't they?" And it's you got to have the mindset. I'm just looking this way. What's back there does not matter. Right. Although now you guys have monitors where you can see. Yeah, Shane we had to lower the monitor because that's what the fans feed into, seeing themselves. Oh, I am well aware of that. <laughs> but they just—they don't scream. They're not upset or they're not pumped. Or they're just screaming. I'm not sure there's a method to the madness. No, the method is screaming so they just get... Creating energy yeah. in that way. Exactly. Creating mm-hmm. chaos, if you will. Create oh. chaos. Oh, cause chaos. Cause chaos. Oh. Even better. Oh, somebody should hashtag that one. <laughs> Hashtag. But to no, a little a little prelude. But I, I think this is, and again, this is where, and it's great to have Hannah with us here to kick this off the the right before the start of the season episode of of Kane's Cast is you on that locker room and lots of times after you've been around enough, you've covered enough teams. We all have Shane. You've played enough of, on enough of them. You're in a locker room after a team loses. Last place you want to be. You know, and you're in a locker room when a team wins. You've been in some places where it's party time because we won the game. I think that's the one thing for the Canes is it's not when they lose, they're mad, and it's not a fun place to be. But the high isn't too high and the low isn't too low. It's kind of the we didn't get the job done tonight. We know what we got to do. Get back to that level. Uh, We won tonight. That's great. We're supposed to get back to that level. I think that's really what separates everything. That's why when a loss happens this year, and Shane is right, it will happen at some point. Don't panic because the guys in that room don't panic about it. Right. They know the potential they have, and they also have solid leadership who's willing and able to address those situations. The only team who really didn't experience much of a losing streak at one point in the season last year was the Boston Bruins, which was an anomaly of a season. That was just wild. But every team's going to experience that. The Canes experienced it last year, and we know the end result. They made a deep run in the playoffs. So there's no reason to panic. Well, the Bruins did experience a losing streak at the end of the at season. At the end though. of the season. Three in a row. Yikes. Kind of not good for them. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, is there a standout player or a breakout player for you this year, Hannah? Somebody that you're looking for, not not of the, the new additions, but the players who've been here. Or, because uh, I've been asked this a lot, for me, I think the two key players for the Canes are Marty Natchez. He doesn't have to be better than last year. It'd be great if he is. But duplicate last year, 71 points in the goals, and then Tavo Teravainen being the Tavo Teravainen of years past, not last year. Those are the two for me that I look at and like, okay, if they do that or if Natchez can stay steady, maybe not a breakout, but those are the players who I think are key outside of the big names that we know. I don't feel like I can just pick two or stick to those topics, but here's my thought process on this has been if Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechnikov, Marty Natchez are successful, great. We know that Andre Svechnikov, when he returns, will be a solid player. Sebastian Ajo has consistency and has proven he'll be a solid player. Hoping Marty Natchez can have consistency, I think that's the big thing. But then the three players I'm really looking at this season, outside of the new ones, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point, would be Jesperi Kokanyemi, and kind of looking at the way that he can grow and find success on the face-off dot, which I talked to him a lot about at practice, as well as Tavo Teravainen, uh, just getting back to the player that he knows and wants to be. And then Jack Drury. He's someone who's really caught my eye in postseason. I think he's grown a lot. We had a conversation of all he did this offseason, and he's just a super unique, super intelligent player, and I think he's going to continue to grow his game on both sides of the ice. Oh, those are three good ones. This is also where we say goodbye to our live studio Sarah, audience. have a great practice. Sarah Antonelli-Swingle is now change leaving us. Change young girls' lives. Positive <laughs> impacts now that Sarah's leaving. Yes. Uh, there you go. Good times. No, I – yes, Barry Code can you hear me? People – I think she – I mean, why Hannah and I make such a great team on the show 
She, I think that was the exact answer but, I gave. But the, I said inside the face-off circle. Yes, you we did. We need to rewind. Go back a couple episodes. I, I can do that. We will. <laughs> Edit that in. Can we'll, we'll get that. We'll get our best people on it. But I think what people fell asleep on Coach Kenyemi's season last year was from the second half on, he wasn't a point-per-game player, but he was close to oh, it. yeah. Right. And if everybody's looking at it, I think sometimes you get the pressure of, and speaking of pressure, there's going to be a young man who plays either tonight or played yesterday, depending on when you listen to this podcast, in Connor Bedard, and they think that he's got to play and be a point per game and 50 goals and what, you know, well, Connor McDavid did this. And where you're drafted, you know the Shane, puts pressure on you. And if you're in the top three, top five, there's that pressure. That it's not just good enough to be a good NHL player. You have to be a great player, a Hall of Famer. And then if you go to a place where they speak two languages and they're going to talk about you bad in both languages – uh, you really got to find a way to, to shut him up. Nobody was really talking about Code Kanyemi in the, well, he needs to live up to this in that second half of the year because he was putting up numbers that you'd expect a guy who's drafted in that spot to do. And I, I do, I really feel that if he can do that, that's just a bonus for this team because he's got to learn to play the 200-foot the game, and he's really gotten good at that. He's gotten better in his own end. And you can't help but do that if you play for Rod Brindamore. You have to do that. If you play for Rod Brindamore. Well, learning from one of the best centermen in the National Hockey League when he played the game. We talk about the face-off circle, what he does with him on a daily basis and all the centermen to work on that craft um, to get possession. But I, I agree. Kokaniemi is a huge factor for me this year when he gets going, besides the new guys, because, you know, Bunting comes into play. What kind of a year does he have, the yep. energy he brings. Um, and Jack in the circle, too, because that – when Absolutely. you get when you get a fourth line center, those are guys who you traditionally, you know, they become penalty killers because they're good at winning draws and things like that. Yeah, so it's it's it doesn't have to be like forty five goals for for guys. It's right. just improvements here and there where sometimes you don't even notice it, and we'll see where that comes in for this team. The one guy we haven't talked about on the podcast, and I think we'd be remiss not to mention him because we've talked about the power play a lot and where it needs to get to this year is. And we talk about someone who maybe needs to elevate or if they continue to grow and take steps forwards. is a guy like Stefan Nason. Of the key goals that he scored early in the season last year on the power play, and what kind of growth can he show this year as far as chipping in those really big goals mm-hmm. on really whatever line he was on Yep. Um, and on the power play. So I think he's another guy that if he progresses and adds to the numbers he had last year, I mean, just makes this team more dynamic. Well, that's the other – all right, let's get to that elephant in the room about the power play and addressing that. With what the Canes did this offseason by signing Michael Bunning and then Dmitry Orlov and bringing back Tony D'Angelo, they, they've addressed it. They've addressed their power play. So you look at it this year, I think you know who the, the one power play unit will be. But a guy who scored seven goals on the power play, Steph Nason, is going to be probably on your second power play unit this year. But what's the realistic expectations? Because everybody, you know, number one penalty kill, number one power play, you have to have it. Shane, you said top five uh, for yes. Hannah, and I know Hannah. I'm still listens holding to, strong. I know there. Hannah listens to every second of Kane's cast in the off season, so Has she knew this. But every single one. I am. I am just reemphasizing this for those who thought that Pyotr Kochetkov would get called up to Tampa Bay. Just kind of bringing this one back full circle for everyone, but. When you look at, at the power play, I think Rod said it best a couple of weeks ago. You're talking about two goals a month uh, on the power play that you weren't getting. So what's realistic for him? I mean, is it a top? Shane thinks top five. I think if it's top ten, I don't know who beats this team if they have a top ten power play and the, the PK just does what it does. I would say top ten is safe. I feel like that's a safe bet. I feel like top five, like that's quite a jump. It's not Why are you guys getting, Why are you guys getting up on me? confidence in this team (laughs) she's being responsible but i do think also because the units are so different from last season it doesn't just come by chance yes they've had a couple weeks to work on things tweak things figure out but even during camp and preseason they were different at points of players playing a different position that they haven't with this team specifically that maybe they had in the past but talking with a couple of guys who are like yeah this is new like i'm adjusting to playing net fronter i'm adjusting to playing in different spots i feel like it's going to take a little bit of time perhaps Yep. But maybe not. But you've been through that. A little bit of time to race to the top five. Yeah, I mean, if they <laughs> if they get there, that's great. But I think yeah. that the realistic thing with the changes is, yes, it's not going to happen overnight. Maybe it does. Maybe they come out of the out of the shoot and it is 
Off House the of Fire. And they go, you know, they go three for three on the power play yeah. or two for three on the power play opening night. I'll do the knockwood on that one yep. for everybody. Take it. And then you you just go from there. But again, expectations of this team. This is the first time that I think ever in the organization's history, they are the favorite to win the Stanley Cup before a game is played. Good expectations. You know, some teams like to say, oh, let's fly under the radar. I think this is the best thing for this group with where they are. I really do. The fact that they have been responsibly picked mm-hmm. as the as the favorite, I think this is the best thing for them. Maybe I'm I, – I hope I'm not wrong, but I think I'm right. Because, one, I don't think they really care. But, two, that's a good – that's a good mantle to have because everybody says this is the best team in the league. This is the model now. This is what you got to try to beat. Right. I think playing from the top is easier than chasing. Mm-hmm. Right. This team, when you talk about fear factor, this team isn't afraid of anything. I mean, expectation for some teams would be a, a fear kind of thing. Yeah. This team has none of that. They're going to be juiced up in game one the same way they're going to be juiced up in game 82 and play that same way. The demeanor each and every day of how they work and – the logo that's in the locker room right now is 1%, right? Yep. Going up 1% each and every night is what's expected of this team um, to make that run at a Stanley Cup. Right. And I think it's important to note, even on media day, having conversations with the Michael mm-hmm. Bunting or with different players who had the choice of where they wanted to go or, or teams they would want to play for, it's not, oh, well, we have a chance. It's like, I came here because I want to win a Stanley Cup. Like, we know this team actually has the potential to fully do that it's not oh we have a good chance it's I think the Canes could win the cup and I want to go there you know and so I just feel like it's a really bold mindset in the locker room well I I think you also saw it with some of the guys who came here on a PTO knowing there's no room there's you're you're gonna try to and and maybe if you can impress enough you can you might get a contract with this team a two-way deal but how many guys who are NHL players Zach Aston Reese we've talked about it Brendan Perlini Guys who have NHL time, Corey Conacher, uh, Nathan Beaulieu, they, they've had NHL time. They came here because they knew, well, if we can flash in the preseason for this team, maybe we'll get a deal. And uh, Zach Aston Reese did get a, a deal with Detroit. So you have those opportunities. That's the thing I love about it, too, because, and it used to be in the dark days, they'd come here because they knew they'd get an NHL deal. And now it's like, no, I'm coming because I want to win the Stanley Cup, or this is the best chance for somebody to see me, to keep me going. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's completely changed. And I think you you just look around the league, you understand why this team is the way it is. But we do need to talk about the goaltending. You've got Frederick Anderson and Auntie Ranta, who all Auntie Ranta does is win at PNC Arena. Like, I don't even know the last time in the regular season he didn't put up a W. And then Freddie Anderson, and people were, were talking about the goaltending situation. I don't know what the question of the goaltending situation would be. You know what you're getting. You know what they bring. Yes, we talked about Piotr Kochetkov going down to uh, Syracuse in the AHL for Tampa, but I don't think that there – is there any questions you two have on the goaltending or that situation at all? No. Nope. Yeah. I feel like it's what we expected. We knew that Piotr Kochetkov was going to be sent down to get reps, and that is the best thing for him. You don't want someone who's just sitting there watching or – each of them having to fight for time, whoever the other backup might be on that particular night. And we saw the importance of having all three of them last yep. season. Well, and that's probably the one position you talk about players being in and out of the lineup. Three goaltender rotation is even harder because of the reps you need to have yep. the pace of play. And as far as game speed goes compared to a player who misses a game and he's back in the next game, it's a lot harder for a goalie to adjust. So I think when you look at it from a organizational perspective, putting him there in Syracuse to play right now is the correct position and move by Don Waddell and his staff. There's also one other thing, and it, it doubles down on what Hannah just said. Auntie Ranta could have gotten a contract someplace else and gotten more, more of the net if he wanted it. Same thing for Frederick Anderson. They both wanted to come back here because they know this is a team where they can win. Now we can get into the real stuff. Hannah, one year in the books – Tell everybody what it's like to work with Shane Willis on the desk in Hurricane. Oh, please Live. don't. Please don't. <laughs> oh no, this is this is Hannah Yates unfiltered. She had to all I know is from this summer, she had Stop to spend recording. all of her time by water to clear her mind. Do you notice how fast she left town? <laughs> <laughs> Can you blame her? No, I can't. Oh, man, uh, the amount of nights I left with a stomachache because Shane and I would go through an entire package of Starburst like almost every single game. It was 
honestly impressive by the end of the season. Well, after it was, let's give this story. It was pink. Pink only. Pink we actually only started Starburst. buying the only pink only packs by the end of the season we because were, we scored. Yes. We we're standing there one night by the glass. Game wasn't really going Basically, well. Basically, the team can thank us for scoring. Correct. We threw down <laughs> simultaneously a Starburst, one for each of us, and all of a sudden the Canes score took off and it continued. Only so, a pink Starburst though. Yeah. You know what game it was? This the Kings game. What game was this? Do you remember? Oh, I don't know when I it started. Been. It might have been. Well, I was just gonna say because. But on you, the flip if, side, when you talk about only pink, one night our great stage manager Jess, she's like, "Oh, is that a pink?" And she threw me up. I think it was purple, or like the maroon wine colored one. Yeah. I ate it, and the other team scored. <laughs> I mean, simultaneously to swallowing the starburst, yes. it was in the net. I was like, we "Well, that color." Documenting. Out when we would swallow the Starburst and how quickly they would score afterwards. And there was a method. To and then it. there was text messages being sent. Are you having a Starburst right now? Like it, it got out of hand. <laughs> it became a thing. <laughs> I just want to make sure what's the, uh, what's the mailing address for PNC <laughs> arena. It's 1400. Yeah. Edwards mill. How many Edwards Starburst mill? will get sent to us? Oh, right there's now? going to be, there's going to be a lot. You just it's attention. That. Shane Willis. Yeah. Care of Shane R Willis yeah. and Hannah Ray Yates. Yeah. So yeah. Starburst were great. Yeah. No, it was a great season. I had a blast. Shane made it great. Mike, you made it great. Trip made it great. Everyone, it's just we have such a solid team on and off the ice here. And so I was grateful to be a part of it. And now it's just kind of fun heading into it and having an understanding of how things work better this season just from an organizational standpoint. So I'm excited. So is it – but is it a little different now because you know the, the players? And when I say that, I mean – us jokers that you have to deal with on a daily basis. I mean, from you and from a player standpoint though, you have to imagine my first day meeting the team last year was on media day and media day is each player coming in one by one. And you're doing a nine minute sit down interview about their life off the ice. So I'm like, Hey, I've uh, Googled creepy things to find out about your life off the ice. Here we go. And like having this conversation, whereas this year was a lot easier, but knowing the personalities and the same thing with you guys, it's the same type of relationship where you have to understand understand how to set each other up what each person likes talking about working to their strengths it's the same exact situation still working yeah still trying to figure <laughs> that one out over um there. that w- so when you come in this year your second round of player interviews did you get a more relaxed answers than last year yes yes i feel like there was just a lot of laughter it was fun because we're catching up i yeah. haven't seen them all summer and yeah just some fun stuff we also tried to work different things that fans should be excited about of trying to have some fun of okay we have the serious conversations which i think are great because people want to know that side of the players to be able to relate to them in those ways as people, but also kind of the fun questions. You know, if you're stranded on a deserted island, you take one guy from the team. Oh, what I are you mean, bringing? Let's, like, let's hang on. We already know the answer, Thank but you. the actual answers are so good. Uh, so way, good. Thank you. Yeah, we know who the answer is. <laughs> Although he last night, uh, and I, I don't want to give it away, but in Kane's Corner, the other show that I host, kind of said that he would love to be on survival shows like that. Yeah. Doesn't know how long he'd last. He would thrive. I think so. Seth Jarvis's answer was the best, and I can't wait for everyone to hear it. <laughs> tune in. You have to tune into Bally Sports. All season long. All season. We do have 71 games because there are 11 games that are national. You could just put mute on the national games and listen to Mike and Trip on the radio. I don't disagree with that, but it's, you know. Through the Canes new app. Yeah. All of you listening, Sync I'm sure you're a great fan. I mean, we have a new app. Download it. Yes. Please do so you can listen. We try to get Hannah to call games in the preseason. Yeah. You didn't ever take the headset? You didn't come. Shh. <laughs> People listen to this. <laughs> oh, I thought we were calling it together. <laughs> I tried to make this happen. By the way, people, people didn't think that the Hannah Shane cast was something we were working on. I tried behind the scenes to make this happen. Yeah. Maybe so, yeah. maybe one game. Maybe I need, one I game. I need glasses before we attempt that as well because I'll binoculars. see Mike and I'm like, Mike's eyesight is clearly better than mine because I'm looking down and I'm like, okay, I know the stature. Like, I have to go straight. I'm like, okay, the body build of this player. I can't see the numbers for the life of me. Mike's sometimes. just a much better guesser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I go, yeah. who is that? Uh, uh, <laughs> looks like, oh, Rod Brindamore with a play in the corner. Oh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at the I 17 banner. I think during one national broadcast, I'll put it out there, that Hannah and I call the game. You guys take the night off. I'm in. That's going to be a time. I'm in. 
Let's try. Right. I mean, I'll off be the there real quickly. But uh, outside yeah. of that, we'll be there. We'll be there to keep it on the I rails. Mean, John can come up to the booth any moment and rip the headsets away from us. <laughs> but let's just let's not even tell anybody. Well, no, Brocky's in there. John Brock was. I in know, there but now. we won't tell him. Like as the game starts, you. Oh no, he, you can't do that too. <laughs> you can't do that to the on-site just engineer. Just hand it to me. Panic. You cannot do Who that. Who is on the mic? You cannot do that. He's but he's up there with us now. See, Shane just showed that he. You were actually up there for a preseason game, weren't you? I've got see my mind. I wasn't calling you on that. I just, <laughs> see, I, I was. I thought you basically called see, me out. Were you see, coming no, to call a specific see, game? See, with me? see, Hannah. Or none of them. See, Hannah. I'm trying to build him up here for the super yeah, cop story, and then he just uh, yeah. Sorry. <sighs> Why are you sorry? You're the one. You you did it to yourself. Sure did. It's we had it all going. Whoopsie. Had it all going good. Hi. You just Why? ratted yourself out. It's my bad. It's okay. Fine. Uh, all right. So we'll get this. Get this going around here. Uh, everybody always likes preseason predictions and things like that. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of it yeah. when you talk about predictions. But this is a team that knows where they should be. They know that the end goal. It's really not. It'd be great to win a division four years in a row. Uh, that's not the not the end goal. By the way, Shane still has the reflexes because he nearly knocked over a bottle of water and still caught it in the nick like of time. a cat. Exactly, but. Everybody wants to know, when are they going to get over the hump? When are they going to get over the hump? I mean, they made it to the Eastern Conference Final last year. They had the a lot second, of teams asking that question. Had the We're second, not the only team. Second best record, right, in the league behind Boston, who set a, an NHL record with 65 wins. And, oh, by the way, anybody talking about Boston getting bounced? Right. Like, that's the, the Yeah, all the Boston thing. fans. All the Boston, well, all the Boston fans, fans were not fans. happy. Well, uh, but let's be honest. They're never happy. That's the only time they're happy, when they're angry. We did witness a severe tongue lashing in that arena one night. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. One lone fan and one poor usher. And it was loud. <laughs> it was offensive. And raw. <laughs> I'm still, my my feelings are still hurt by that conversation. Yeah, we, were, we were in the booth 100 yards away, and I was scared. Shane, Shane, I hid behind Mike. The best part for this, I don't think we've told you the story, I Hannah. I don't remember so this. So now pull up a chair. It's story time with Shane and Mike. So it was, was it game four or game six? Um, might have been six. Might have been. So Boston won the game because the series is coming Yeah, it was after a to, win even. Yes. Again, they're <laughs> never happy. The only more miserable fan base is Philadelphia. I, I will go on record with those things. Uh, I have been at an Eagles game where they won and they were mad walking out. Okay. Uh, but this fan, all of a sudden, Shane and I are, because you know, when especially in the playoffs, Hannah, when we're wrapping up the playoffs or a game, we go a little long. And all of a sudden, we hear this. We're like, that's a fight. And Shane leans out. I shouldn't lean away from the mic. Uh, hi, I'm a broadcast <laughs> professional. Shane leans out of the booth and looks and there's a security guard and a fan. And this fan's just... There's like, no one left in the building. No, there's no... Us. That's it. Yeah. And it was a lot of words with a, a big Southie accent coming to him. Yeah. I got to go to my car! <laughs> uh, and Shane Shane was embarrassed. It was kind of kind of funny. This takes a lot. I know. <laughs> You're like, is this, is this real? I'm like, well, I, I'm not making this up. Oh. So there you go. If you go to TD Garden, be careful, Hannah. <laughs> Hey, I did game seven. I was scared for my life after that one. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. You have a you have a game seven story in Boston where they didn't win. That was a, a Stanley Cup victory. That was yeah. I came back in the press box at one point. I had gone to the bathroom, came back to my spot in the press box. All my papers are all over the floor. So I mean, it wasn't even fans. Like the media members were not thrilled that game, and I was like, wow, this is a level I've not seen yet. That was an experience. Playoffs got to be ready. Yep. Got to keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> All right. Well, we have uh, we have some questions to get to. Shane, are you ready? Always. Okay, Hannah, I know you're ready because most of these questions are going to concern you. Oh boy. And I love how people are really uh, getting after me for the picture that I put up of you two. I'm like, it's not like I'm a professional photographer. This is what I have on my phone. I tried to document. It looks like he's trolling us, but he's not. We just always yeah. look like this. I I, I didn't see it. You, well, of course. I can't see it. <laughs> it's not our best. When somebody course. thinks I, I done you dirty with that picture, <laughs> I think you look good, Shane. Yeah. Just so you all know, we're not on camera at that moment. No. It's <laughs> rehearsal. Yeah. This is what we look like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Why not? <laughs> at least it wasn't that one from the coach at Tampa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that one. That one is when I. Beauties captured. That one is when. That one is when I really need a favor from you guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get to it. Um, let's say uh, hi to Eric. Hi. <laughs> Got a two-parter. Do any fun stuff in the off season? And who is the funniest cane you got to interview? That's for you, Hannah. Wait, I'm going now. Uh, if you don't follow season, Hannah on social media, I mean, it looked like a lot of fun stuff. Yes. People were sending it to me. A lot of fun stuff. I don't know. I just kind of bounced around. I have family in Florida, St. Louis, plus a ton of weddings. So I kind of just bounced around all summer attending those. It's that time of life where I have like eight weddings a year, which is great. And I love to celebrate that. So I feel like I was all over. Um, I don't know. I guess that was just catching up with people. That's what I did this off season. Uh, funniest interview. That's kind of hard because it depends on the situation. I feel like if I'm going to go to someone and I know there's always going to be humor involved in the answer, it's usually Seth Jarvis. It never fails. He's usually in a cutoff and it's always an entertaining interview, but Brett Burns is really unintentionally funny a lot. Um, but he's always entertaining. Like there's always going to be a great story that comes out of that interview as well. So, well done, and thank you, Eric. Uh, this for the group from John Stevens. Same question I asked this time last year. What will fans overreact to the most to start the season? Uh, if the power play gets off to a slow start. That's because I've led them down this terrible yeah, path. Yeah, you've led this down the path of the greatest <laughs> no, power play since Gretzky and company. They'll overreact to a loss of some well, fashion. Any team. Any team. But early in the season, like any loss – yeah. Okay. Any loss. I mean, how do we lose to that team? I'd say if there's a loss on the West Coast, when we go out there? Yeah. First road trip, a team that's not expected, if they would drop a game, not to say that they will. No. But, but there could be, yeah. They lost both games to Anaheim last year. Sure. They did. And, uh, look, that goes back to what we've said a million times. There are no easy teams in this league anymore. There's no, this is a layup. There's some teams that are going to be at the bottom Yes, San Jose. Yes, Montreal. They're trying to figure it out. But they still have professional players who get paid to play the game. Every game tonight is going to be tight. One would think. There's usually one who sticker. Who wants to play at 530? Eh. There's usually <laughs> one. Players are rattled right now. There's <laughs> Responsibly, everyone listening, under. All right. <laughs> are we allowed to do that yet? Yes. <laughs> Responsibly. I just stay quiet. See, but there's usually one game on, on opening night that's Everyone's just going to text me later. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> see, that's why you don't say this. Everyone knows I'm not a professional. Uh, fine. Uh, then they're going to come <laughs> in to can tell no social media shade or Twitter, which why is that still a thing? Tweet why Mike, are you trying to do this? Tweet Mike if I'm right, though. Don't. <laughs> don't do anything. Right or wrong. Now I'm angry. Uh, Ross has sent nine of them. Should oh. I ask any of them? All right, well, here we go. Nine for real? Yeah, because it's like he's figured it out. He can ask like four and one. We don't, we always ask. One X. Uh, all right. Because, like, I have three. Another one for Hannah Ray Yates. Uh, as a media pro who's been in and around hockey Easy. for a Use few that years. loosely. Say Lose, loosely. Loose he wasn't talking about me and you. He was oh, talking oh, about Hannah. Oh, he said Hannah. Hannah My bad. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> what situation? Yeah, here we go. Hannah, school for this. <clears throat> Hannah, we've been doing this for 43 minutes now. Get ready to dig in and give us another 50-minute answer to this <clears throat> question that I believe uh, Emmanuel Kant and the other uh, philosophers, Socrates, would ponder. As a media pro who's been in, oh, thank goodness it moved away. <laughs> real, I saw that you saw it at the last time, minute. And I was like, oh, yep. he just lost that question. Yeah, it's fine. I'm okay so with it. So many coming through. Hey, all from him. Uh, as a media pro who's been in and around hockey for a few years now, what stories about players or the game or the team or the league make you want to learn more and dig deeper? About the game specifically? Or I don't know. Know? know. I mean, there's seven questions in there, and it's one. <laughs> that is broad to answer. But is it like, is it a player's journey to the league? Like, I guess it would be like, is it a player's journey to the league yeah. or how a player's state or their I don't family? know. There's been a lot of things that stick out. I feel like... At the start of my career, it's when there's maybe a couple of enforcers who are still left in the league here and there, and there's still like one or two or a couple things to where you saw the shift of hockey overall in the league. Felt like that was a big topic when I first graduated from college and started getting into that. And my co-host at the time was Cam Jansen, who had been an enforcer yeah. in the NHL, and so that was a lot of what we talked about. 
Um, but I feel like the storylines of just the way that players touch people's lives off the ice, like those are some of the best ones that I've been able to share. And the players of how hockey has shaped their journeys. I just, I love those because I feel like it's so relatable as a human being. Um, but the, it, it really just depends. Like there's so many good aspects. I love talking about the game, the X's and O's and the way that that's changed in the league to where speed's become such a big thing and it's not you know, the grind down of what the league used to be. So I just feel like there's a lot of ways to go with that. All right, we'll go one more from Ross because I'm not going to subject you to the Spanish Inquisition here. Uh, a lot of people have opinions about which rules or procedures the NHL should add or revise or even eliminate. What would you change if you could and why? See that? Like, it's what would you change? And then the why. So he's like, I think he's asked us that before. Oh, yeah, he has. Yeah. I don't know. It's the stuff that they're looking at now or have implemented or implementing, like the over-the-glass review, like different things like that. I don't know. I feel like are beneficial in some situations, but I don't know. There's nothing that really stands out off the top of my mind. Is there something for you guys? Oh, yeah, for me, I'd get rid of the – I hate the trapezoid. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't think it's as bad as it used to be. No, but I hate it because they think what it does, it doesn't really do. Right, it doesn't change the game is enough to make it a rule. No, right. they they thought they put it they put it in for like four goalies and really right. two. I I love seeing goalies go out and misplay the puck. Go, go, right. take your stroll and find yourself twenty five feet away from the net when you give it away. So, yeah, I mean, just because there's three or four guys who are really good at it, and I don't know, I I think that you set up defensemen for getting hit in the corners more. Yeah, safety issues. That's mine. That's the that's the only thing there. There's other stuff like reviews. We've we had yeah, Rod Brindamore on about the review. That's boring to talk yeah. about, but it's yeah. But in I think ways it's beneficial. A, a huge just an overall sports thing for reviews. If you can't overturn the play in sixty seconds, then you can't overturn the play. Right. Like that's that's it. You have sixty seconds right. to look at it. Right. If you so, don't see it in sixty seconds, it's not going to be definitive. No, that's the thing. Well, there's a toenail here, and, it's, <laughs> and then like it's the same thing for offside. It's a fine rule. I'm glad that they put it in place if somebody was really offside, but it's they've kind of whatever. Do you think they bring in the play? They used it in the uh, World Cup with the um, – when they were talking about the goal, they had the – how they could tell if the ball was over all the computers. Oh, yeah, the uh, – right. Why can't I think of what it's called right now? Well, they have it for tennis too where it's – Yeah, how does, does that ever get installed in a hockey goal? I think it could. I mean, the, the technology has to be there to do it at some point. Yeah, one would think. I thought you were going to ask if they were going to allow the flying V from the Mighty Ducks, which is the most illegal play in the history of hockey. It works. It's illegal. That's <laughs> why it works. It's effective. We're going to wipe out everybody. <laughs> Let's go. I would actually love to see that in real time. So would I. So would I. Would I. Hate to see that. Like real NHL players yeah, do I'm it. Like you just do it one time. Just once. Uh, this is from Micah for Hannah. How much preparation do you put in before opening night? And your favorite memory from last year? Uh, I put in a lot of prep for opening night. That usually starts with media day. And then I spent a couple of days getting notes on uh, certain numbers and records for each player and different personal uh, records that they could reach during the season so that I'm on top of that. And I keep a running record for every player in a Google Doc. And preseason-wise, we I mean, we haven't – our show for opening night for pregame. So I just feel like there's prep that goes into that of making sure I just have stats and things ready to go, but it's more of a conversation. So um, it's more so just talking with the players to have little nuggets of things they're specifically working on. So a lot of my prep happens at practice and conversation and a favorite memory. Gosh, I would say, I don't know. There's so many. I don't know if I have a favorite one. I, I feel like the night that they won the Metro really stands out in just the emotion of that and the pinnacle moment of, okay, the postseason's going to be beginning. Like, this was a really cool moment to be a part of. But I feel like they hit so many records. Personally, I can go on forever, missing the bus in San Jose, having mm. food poisoning in New York City. I mean, go on and on of memories from the season. But the I sheer like difficulty of chopsticks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that still tough. exists, too. Okay, Mackenzie... Bless her heart, another member of the Canes organization. You here, realize when you say bless, when you say bless your I heart mean in, in the, the Midwest South, way, in yes, a Midwest way, not to, in a Southern way. From you. Missouri, everyone relax. You have to, you've got to put the asterisk I'm next to that one. I'm specifying, I'm okay. specifying. Uh, By the way, that video still exists as well. 
gosh. And that poor waiter still trying to figure out that what you tough. were ordering. That's tough. Yeah, it was but tough. Yeah, I it was don't know. a tough order. There's a lot of fun she, memories. Quite honestly, the simplest order in the history of beverages. And she, it's like she asked for a drink that had never been made. Yeah. yeah. Advancing past the first round, that's fun. That's fun. Uh, which mm. that would probably be a, another question. Uh, Micah has this, but we've kind of. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Take it or leave it. Both power play units will be dialed in and finish in the top five this year. Shane Stanley. Thank you, Micah. Well, now he says both oh. units. Will both units finish? <laughs> not even figure. You can't even figure that out. Are you stopping the? Are you watching at home? I will. Yes, I hope they are on balance. Well, no one's going to figure that out. It's a group effort. What if one guy's still out there from the other unit? You can't figure that out. Now you've issued a challenge. <laughs> challenge. Let's go. Uh, Sam, We're a team here, Micah. It's not one versus two. I agree. Two. It's it's everybody pulling the pulling the rope in the same direction. <laughs> Although Hannah just made a grimace about we're a team. <laughs> Uh, uh, that'll be part of the video portion of our <laughs> podcast. People have uh, really asked for that, by the way. I know, and it's never happening. <laughs> never <laughs> happening. Well, I was going to push for it. Uh, Sam <laughs> Wallace, what part of this season are you most excited for? Me? A, yeah. Um, it's. I think it's for all of us, but for you. Gosh, most excited for hopefully just covering a winning team. Right. I, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm the playoffs. That's. Yeah. It's such a it's so fun because you've. When you're in it in that role, it's such a different animal oh, to yeah. be a part of. Uh, Bailey wants to know for Hannah, what sets your job with the Canes apart from other jobs you've had in the field, if anything? Well, it's entirely different from positions I've worked in the past. Every job I've had has been different from radio to television to regional television, just a lot of different duties. Uh, so everything, just from the travel I had traveled only to cover postseason or big games at an NBC affiliate in the past, so traveling for every game is obviously a massive difference in itself. And with that just comes different duties um, of hosting uh, shows, pregame, postgame. Just everything is pretty different. It's hard to specify one thing. Uh, Brian Ford wants to know if you have to pick any current and past Kane to start a new team, who are those two players? Thank you. Shane Willis. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hi. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going Rod Brindamore. Thank you. Shane Willis. We played together. Justin Williams. We're a great line. Cam Ward. Yeah. Shane on a line with Justin Williams and Rod Brindamore. I was like, he How's that did you default. He said two. Yeah. She just ripped off four. I didn't Well, well that's from the past. And then one Do I have to do game. current as well? Mm-hmm. Current? I'm going. Now this is going to be great because you're going to pick a name in the locker room and they're all going to say, why didn't you pick me? When Jacob they listen, Slavin. As they listen to the podcast that's tomorrow. That's bedrock defenseman what a pillar you know what you're getting oh every night mm. every night and it doesn't matter if you've got a norris trophy player playing next to him or guys coming up everybody who plays to the other side of him just is like well we don't have to worry about anything because he's here that's basically the same answer josh mckeckern what are your go-to pre-game snacks or drinks? oh boy shane let's let's hannah's middle name is snack <laughs> See, this is what annoys me because really I see you guys. Snacks. No, I see you guys snacking during the course of the game and everything. We're working hard. Yeah, I understand that. Sometimes I might do a live hit with yeah. the Starburst under my tongue. I don't I, know. I, I generally don't eat on game days. Like I'll eat lunch and like that's it because I have oh, no. a couple of irrational fears. Uh, one of them being food in the teeth. That's always like you know, oh my god, there's like a stock of broccoli. Yeah. Or I'm going to get sick. So that's why I don't. You guys are constantly. It's uncrustables. Yeah. Uncrustables are up there. And it's not even well, like that's dinner on the move. Yeah, M and M peanuts. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like celery. It's not like carrots. Sure, is it's and not. The two of that you doesn't no. help with anything. The two of you combined are one of me. That's the annoying thing for this. <laughs> There's my grievance. <laughs> what snack do I eat the yeah. most? Would yeah. What say? is the pregame go-to snack? Um, well, it's hard during, to narrow it down, to be honest. <laughs> during a game, it's probably Starburst. Yeah, it definitely is. But pregame. The question is pregame. Oh. I always drink coffee or Celsius yeah. pregame. Yeah. Chips. Sometimes an Uncrustable. No, I don't Chips like things game. that can get stuck in my teeth mm-hmm. because then I'll be thinking about that actively throughout the game. So it's usually candy, which is really healthy. <laughs> Yeah. Or different things that, you know, doesn't break and get stuck. Yeah. I'm a bad influence. I'm like, you got to try this. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to. And then 
And, and she then does. I do. And you do it. Yeah. Well, there you responsibly. Then we get out a our, lot of willpower there. A lot of will- <laughs> then we get out our crest picks and get it out of our teeth. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sonia. Hannah. It's all oh. capital. It's, I Whoa. Mean, right? I got her. Sonia. Yeah. It's a, how you type it. Yeah, it's right there. What have you enjoyed about Raleigh? And who is your favorite Canes player to interview? Gosh. Well, what I've loved about Raleigh, the people have been great. I have great friends, great coworkers here. Um, that's been the best part. And then I would say just overall, it's beautiful. Very different scene from the Midwest. Lots of trees, lots of greenery. It doesn't get near as cold. There's a lot to do outside. I like to run a lot. So I've taken full advantage of that with all the lakes nearby. So it's been great. Um, Interview-wise, I don't have a favorite interview. Um, There's not a favorite player. I just know that certain players like talking about certain things more. I know I go back to Seth Jarvis and Brent Burns, but I know one question, it's going to go on for a while, and I'm going to get a great answer out of it. But that's, I mean, we don't have anyone on this team who does not give solid answers, and I really appreciate that. Uh, Shane, this is for you from Ed Duncan. Even though we specifically Thanks, said this is about Thanks for including Anna me, Ed. today. As we get ready to kick off a new season full of throwing players out of the face-off circle, maybe Shane can shed some light on what happens in the circle, why refs take forever to drop the puck, and why so many guys get thrown out. Yeah, we could break that down on camera because as you see all the lines are on the ice, a lot of linesmen are supposed to tell the players to keep their feet positioned. If they jump early, very similar to an offside in football, they'll toss a centerman out. Maybe if one of his wingers or defense jump early, um, they'll toss the guy out. Obviously, if that happens twice, you're vulnerable to a penalty. But look at the lines on the ice. Players are supposed to have their feet at least touching those lines. Their sticks are supposed to come to a complete stop when they're going down. That's why it's all about timing. Uh, defensive player stick has to be down first. If he moves, the linesman gives him some grief. Put your stick back down. There's always a lot of conversation. The players get upset with just drop it already. But the linesmen are trying to do their job, make it fair, if you will, so there's not one advantage going to another player. Hannah, this is from Zach. Thoughts going into year two after experiencing the 25th season in your first year? It's going to be hard to top because there's so many things from the outdoor stadium series game to just my rookie season overall to the Hall of Fame inaugural night with that, with Cam Ward. It's hard. All of those were first, not just for me, but I got to share that with everyone as a first. So I felt like it's special, but I'm just excited because now I just, I know what to expect. And there's a comfort level that comes with that of just being excited about certain things and, um, I don't know. What I'm most looking forward to is just making more memories and covering a really solid team. I feel like that's just a blessing in itself of you might be entering a year and, you know, this team could be a toss-up and it's not the case here. And I've gotten lucky that I came in at a time where this organization is so solid. Indeed. I would have wished for you to go, why is the sky blue? Those are my thoughts <laughs> coming into the uh, – this from Caleb. What is one hot take you have for the Canes going into the season? Shane? A hot take, Shane. You're full of hot takes. Best power play in the NHL this year? Going number one. Um, Hot take. Um, The, and it's hard to say, I wish I I always say, I wish I had microphones down there. But um, Michael Bunting didn't realize this coming in. I always looked at his stats mm-hmm. in Toronto. A little more time in the penalty box than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael Bunting is a verbal assassin on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> From all things being told, very good at his game. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's not a hot take. That is a hot take. No, it's not. Oh. A hot take is like the Canes go 82-0. and 0. Well, I was giving you an inside hot take. I mean, that's not even a hot take. We all believe that already. We've already gone there. Mike's hot take. I already s- the Canes mm. were so good last year in multiple areas. You could say the Canes allow the fewest goals in the NHL. They're like, yeah, well, they're second. Yeah, they're like, that doesn't last feel like year. a hot like, take. Uh, you know. Canes, Canes, Canes have a oh, – here we go. Canes have a 40-goal score. Nope. Oh. I sneeze. I don't think that's a hot take, though. I think they're going to have two 40-goal scores. What do you Ooh. want from me? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the Canes have three players <laughs> or three part, three people in their organization win hardware at the end of the year. Oh. Whoa. How many? Three. Wow. At the end of the year? At the end of the year. Whoa. Whoa. 
You buying a Powerball later? <laughs> I'm being responsible about it. That's a hot take. Three. I really can't think of a good one. And if you want to know the categories, I will be more than happy to give you the categories. Because I got like five categories. So five guys are going to win? Well, I mean, as many three as five. five. Okay. Wow. No, I'm going the hot take is at least three. Okay. If you like it, you can take it. Go if ahead. you don't, send it right back. Norris Trophy. Selkie Trophy. Jack Adams. Con Smythe, because that is postseason hardware, just so we're clear on that. And I can go and appease Don Waddell, another mm-hmm. manager of the year. Ooh, it was a big summer. I know. And he made some really good moves. Do, does it take hoisting it for that to happen? Yeah, I think it would take hoisting it. Or, but it's only looked at regular season for that, or, correct? But yeah. I think, or, or having the best record in the regular season. Yeah, because if they seal the Metro again, it could be. Yeah, I don't. I mean, now how you pass. You on. just made a great argument. And the Jennings Trophy, because they've already won. Your it. hot take is one. hot. Yeah. So there you go. There's my hot take. Boy, bam! I was Mike trying out. to think something goaltending tandem wise. So that would make sense. I can now see how my first one wasn't a hot take. Yeah, your first one was <laughs> yeah. just like a a thought, a I deep like, thought with Shane Willis. Hot. Sorry, I derailed there for a moment. The lukewarm feeling <laughs> from I was like, what Shane are we doing Willis. Right now? <laughs> so. You got one, Hannah? No, I'm still trying to think of something. I can't be anything defense related because they've set pretty much every record last year. Um, you could say one of the guys on the blue line gets twenty. Whoa, that's a bit of a that's a hard thing to Fine, do. I'll go that. Whoa, I like that one. That's a good one. Last question. Sorry, guys, I only went with one guy at forty. <laughs> you guys really went over the top. <laughs> like a hot take would have been three guys at forty. Oh. That would have been like smoking hot. Exactly. It's a lot of sneeze. Lava. I can't say it the way you do. <laughs> sneeze. Thank you. AB, wait. Thank you. Nice. Get Justin in the game. Uh, AB, out of the three of you, who could survive in the woods the longest? Well, I could go the longest without eating. So there's the <laughs> there's the win for As me. My stomach growls exactly. here. It's been like an hour since I've snacked. So in the wilderness? There's the woods. Okay. Uh, I made a fire by myself the other day, so I feel like I'd be able to do that. Like with like what? rocks and sticks, or did with, you have like matches? No, I had wood and sticks. No so matches. The... No, I had a match. <laughs> but Where? I could make it at Where? my friend's house. Okay. So I we, made, what kind of supplies do we got? I made a fire. I made a fire once. We had logs and a lighter <laughs> and a fireplace. I had propane. None <laughs> of that. I crumbled paper. I had to strategically place because it was the day after it rained, so that made it harder with the woods. Okay, you have to build a log cabin. Yeah. Okay, he should have made the question: If you reach dropped in the woods with flint and a knife, who survives the longest? Oh. Only two things you get. I don't know. After seeing Hannah eat eel and love it, because <laughs> it would be a little bit more along. You the think line. she can get in the water and kill an eel? To eat oh it? yes, absolutely. Yeah. Can you Those, swim? She can ride a horse. <laughs> Excuse me. She can. Just wonder if you could swim. So I'd have to use my knife to. Yeah. Or I have can, to create a contraption yeah. to catch the fish. That would yeah. be tough, but I feel up to the task. But I. But along that line, I'm like, maybe because she snacks a lot, like eating. You can eat a bug. I have a hard time with that, Oof. but I could if I had to. Like they say, yeah, crickets are. I, I think I would yeah. just eat leaves. Leaves, berries, and leaves. Okay. Berries and Flint, leaves. a knife, and a volleyball. Who survives the longest? Tom Hanks. Correct. Well, I'm just giving us a friend to be with. <laughs> and what would his name be? Well, it all depends on the manufacturer. I'd go with Mizuno. <laughs> Have either of you hunted before? No. Yes. I. What kind? What kind of hunting? Ducks. Okay. I went deer hunting. Okay. My grandfather-in-law. <laughs> Hannah's my grandfather-in-law that I know. came across my the airways right there. We're talking about hunting. You know, this was really happy. Hungry. I've hunted. Yes. Hold on a second. Multiple times. Difference. I've not. Have killed you killed? Hunting. No. Nothing. No. Have you pulled the trigger? I've been turkey hunting, deer hunting. No. I've not been duck hunting. No kills. But have you pulled no the trigger kills. with the opportunity? But I haven't to. attempted. I was more of just moral support to witness what this was like to see if I could do it. Mm-hmm. But I do go to a shooting range. But you didn't pull the trigger at an so animal. So I am pretty accurate with my shot. But you did what not. What kind of gun? A pistol. But I've shot rifles as well. Okay. Wow. Whoa. But you didn't shoot a rifle at a living creature for food. I did not. Okay. Like if you were in the wilderness and, you know, 
Bambi like turns his head be... and you make eye contact. Can you pull the trigger? <laughs> I don't know. That would be really tough for me. <laughs> I was just playing a sympathy card here. I don't know. I feel like this. people are going to get offended by this conversation yeah. now. Well, Why? No. It's hunting. It's hunting. Yeah. I mean, you got to use, use the meat that for living. That would be living. solely for survival mode. It's not for game. Yeah, for living. Yeah. That's my thing. And it's... I'm not a big fan of the, this is where I'll get in trouble, the sport hunting, mm-hmm. that you're doing it for trophies. If you're doing it to, we're going to take the animal back and we're going to break it down and we're going to get food out, what yeah. Brent Burns does with it. That's, I'm all on board with that. Right. Yeah. It's the, let's go kill a gorilla. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> There's right. no Why? reason no. for that. No. You can't do anything with that. Although now I'm thinking of me and you in Wedding Crashers, like most dangerous game. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Totally where my mind was as I looked at you just now. <laughs> so, Hannah, have you picked up on our dumb movie references by now, too, after a year? Usually I just, you know, phase out <coughs> during that portion and just let you guys roll with it. You see her just turn into her phone for a little bit. <laughs> oh, wow. You're still talking. But Hannah can ride horses. So, like, if there's, like, a wild horse, she can ride a horse. She could, like, grab the horse. And Why are you Hannah? laughing? I've ridden horses. Like real horses, or like the kind like where the pony is on the little thing. Real that walks horses. Going you ride a horse without my a my aunt and uncle raised thoroughbreds when I was a kid in Canada. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, let's take it back another step. Shane's high school girlfriend was a barrel racer. Oh That's oh out there. Boy, here I just we go. threw it out there. Not gonna lie to you, went to a few rodeos in my day. So did I. She thought it was funny as we'd go on horseback rides together. To take off like a bullet with her horse. So what would my horse do? Follow along. Yeah, Didn't scary. like that. Not a friggin' cowboy. Got you here. <laughs> yeah. Do I look like a cowboy? I, I could ride a horse. I will witness this on a road trip at some point. Off we go. We're riding horses. Sadly, Another fun story. Sadly, I've got to bring this back to Hannah's hometown. you got to get the Clydesdales for me. Poor That's boys. Fine. I've ridden a Clydesdale without a saddle. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. So, all right, my my bet shifting. It's on Hannah. I was going to bet on you, yeah. Mr. Man of the Woods. Of I could have rolled those horses. so bad killing an animal. Those guys missed out on some that easy wins horrific. while we were at the aqueduct. I could have rode one of those. <laughs> Too heavy. Where is this going? I don't know. We have literally gone off the tracks. <laughs> we're horseback Welcome, riding. Welcome to. Now, we're, if anybody wants to know if we get along as a group, there's your answer. We're in the wilderness. We have a knife, flint, and a horse. All right, so is that yes. the last word on this thing? No, Who survives. Hannah's. I don't. Shane think it's does, me. obviously. It's not me. <laughs> Shane does. I don't think you survive. I sure do. Okay. All right. What's the name of your pony? <laughs> I have to name it on the spot. Sure. Lightning. Oh, well, yours. George. George. I, I like to give pets human names oh, or okay. animals human names. Yeah. You know, or, or Buck. Mine's Reuben. Oh, that's a good one, too. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. I, normally, Shane gets the last word, but after uh, this path, Hannah, you, gets the, you get the last word on this podcast. What, what, what do I have to say? Whatever you, whatever you want to say. Enjoy strong. the what season. The Enjoy word? the season. Ooh. Happy to be back. I think yep. I yep. like ice cream. Whatever you want it to be. Something I would have gone with after that conversation would have been giddy up. Yeah. <laughs> giddy up. I'm excited for preseason. We are open to Starburst donations. I will leave on that note. We're ready to go. Opening night. Let's do it. Thank you.